Yak Shamash, everybody. Welcome again to another edition of the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza, of course, brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. And make sure you guys check out uh, Bucky's Fifth Quarter for all your Wisconsin Badgers news, notes, and analysis. We have tons of it from the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, we were down there in Indy. Uh, also, we have a lot of basketball talk, and we'll preview Wisconsin and Marquette, uh, along with talking more Badger stuff. Uh, probably about, <clears throat> I'd say, 20 minutes into this podcast with Zach Heilprin from, uh, you hear him from uh, 106 or 96.7 now, 1670 AM, The Zone here in Madison, a sports director, a great guy, and, and covers both the Packers and the Badgers, so we'll have him on talking about both. But I am here with the Polish rifle, Scott Wisniewski, who's busy and getting ready for a trip to Cleveland. And we'll talk to Zach about uh, the Packers' trip to Cleveland as well, uh, maybe about five minutes. But, uh, Scotty, you're making a trip down to uh, God's country over there in Cleveland. Yeah, so a couple of quick notes. First of all, I'm still standing by my prediction that the Badgers football team will have more wins than the Badger basketball team. Um and I'm a little disappointed because I just received some bad news. The Cleveland Browns have hired John Dorsey to become their general manager, which is a guy I really wanted to be the Green Bay Packer GM. Uh, he's going to Cleveland, and I think that's a great hire for the Browns. It is, yeah. Uh, Adam Schefter and uh, Chris Mortensen from ESPN both reported port that. And uh, Browns Clearhouse, Asashi Brown, uh, who is help with the player personnel areas for Cleveland. Uh, and now they get a competent play, a competent GM in John Dorsey. Granny was kicked out of Kansas City. But uh, it is, it'll be uh, obviously from the Green Bay Packer tree. Uh, we'll see how he shapes up. And uh, it sounds like, a, you know, according to Jimmy Haslam, the, the uh, owner of the Cleveland Browns, that well, uh, it looks like you know, he'll be, sta- you know, uh, Hugh Jackson will be staying around. I think it said for 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but it's going to be an interesting matchup, and I mean, you know, but we'll talk with Zach about this in a couple of minutes. But uh, yeah, before we get into that, what are your plans for heading down to Cleveland with uh, some of some of our good friends? Well, um, I will be going down for the Packer game, and I'll talk about that in a second. We'll be checking out the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and a terrible wrestling show. And I'm I mean, so we, jealous. I'm we, so we, jealous. I mean, we purposely wanted to find the worst-looking show we could find. There were a couple other ones in the Cleveland area, and the quote from Lane was, those guys actually look like they're in shape. Well, we found one that was terrible. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Of course, the, the whole reason, uh, the whole main purpose of this was for the Packer-Browns game. And I'll tell you, I'm a little bit worried, not just because there's nobody left to play cornerback for the Green Bay Packers. Um, but I'm also, uh, I got a little bit of history on my side. So 1995, Packers made it to the Super Bowl, right? That year, I took a pilgrimage to Indianapolis and watched an 0-11, maybe, team in, in the Indianapolis Colts beat the Green Bay Packers. And it was the Colts' only win of that season. So there's some bad luck, bad vibe on my side. I, I feel like I'm going to see history repeat itself, except this Packer team won't be going to the Super Bowl. But I do feel like the Cleveland Browns might upset the Green Bay Packers this week. It's true. I mean, it could be interesting. Obviously, we'll get into the, the strengths and, and weaknesses with uh, Zach Heilprin in just a couple minutes. But, you know, I mean, you're looking – with Cleveland, and their run defense is sixth in the, the league, 
you know, allowing just under 97 yards a game and led by former Wisconsin Badger Joe Schobert in terms of a tackler. Uh, but also, you know, uh, their pass defense is 16th. We'll see what that plays out with when you saw Green Bay run for nearly 200 yards against uh, Tampa Bay a week prior and then dealing with Brett Hundley. And if he can pass the ball, which, you know, he, he threw well against the Steelers for the most part, uh, but then only, what, 84 passing yards last week. So, yeah. so what will we see? And what will the Packers secondary be like uh, with now you have Kevin King on IR and then injuries to Devon House, and, and how are they going to try to ma- to match up with Josh Gordon in the Cleveland Browns? It, it's going to be it's it's not going to be a, a cakewalk in, in the slightest, and uh, it, you know it very well could this this game would be disastrous to end the the, the season on this. Yeah, you know, on a note where you, you know you know what though I mean this is going to sound weird because you know I'm I'm a fan and I want the best for the franchise. I actually maybe want them to lose. Because here's what I'm afraid of. You win this game, you're seven and six. That's going to force the Packers' hand, and, and they're going to bring Aaron Rodgers back. They have to win. You're going to need 10 wins to make the postseason in the NFC, which means really the Packers have to run the table. I don't think they can beat Minnesota, even with Aaron Rodgers, okay? So, and Minnesota will be playing for playoff positioning. They won't have, they won't be resting guys in week 16, okay? So I feel like you you put your your franchise quarterback at risk for a chance to you know even with Aaron Rodgers if they beat Cleveland I think their ceiling is nine wins and nine wins isn't going to get in a postseason. I'd rather Aaron Rodgers be healthy. I'd rather they do something with this team that for the first time in my life I'm saying this that Ted Thompson needs to go. It's time for a different GM there. I wish it would have been John Dorsey, but that's not going to happen now. And that they actually address some of these 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 issues and build around him while he has four or five years left to, to of a window to win a Super Bowl. So, and I just fear that he could take a hit, and it could just there's no reason from the play they aren't going to win ten games. So that that's my feel on it. However, I, I also fear that they will win and then they'll rush Aaron Rodgers back. I hope he doesn't take a hit against Carolina. And again, I think the season ends with a loss uh, to Minnesota at home and it, it'll be a whole lot of risk for no reward. That, that, that's my opinion. That, that's, that's my opinion. Of course, there's some fans out there that think they, they wouldn't they'll run the table and go 10 and six and get in. And who knows what happens once you're in. I'm just not that hopeful. On that note, uh, hold on just for a quick second. We're going to come back with uh, Zach Heilprin uh, from, uh, you know, Mad City Sports Zone here, sports director at 96.7, a.m. The Zone uh, in just a second here on the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Welcome back, everybody. Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. And it is, you know, we'll talk some more Packers right now. Scotty just talked a little bit about his tour, his travel down to Cleveland uh, and then checking out the Packers and the Browns this weekend. And joining us to help preview not just Packers, we'll talk some Badgers in a little bit. We got Zach Kyle Prianon, from, uh, you know, obviously sports director of uh, Madison's Sports Talk Station, 96.7 FM and 1670 AM, The Zone, and also the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Zach, uh, thanks for jumping on and, and spending some time with us tonight. 
Yeah, no problem. Looking forward to it. Hey, Zach, I wanted to, to kind of start out by uh, I, I kind of shared this right before we, we, we got you online that I feel like uh, Krampus uh, came and ruined my St. Nicholas because uh, John Dorsey is now the new general manager in Cleveland. And he was kind of on my wish list here in Green Bay. But uh, nonetheless, the Green Bay Packers traveling to Cleveland uh, who's going to play cornerback, I, I guess, is the first question. Are they going to have enough bodies to try to cover Josh Gordon and Kenny Britt and whatever else the Browns are going to throw at them? Doesn't sound like it. Uh, you know, put Obviously put Kevin King on the IR this week with the shoulder injury. He's going to end up having soldier, uh, shoulder surgery. And when they took, put him on IR, they brought Demetri Goodson off of IR, and he promptly got a hamstring injury and is uh, unlikely to play this week. Devon House has not practiced yet as we record this. Um, so it is, uh, it's a tough situation. Lindsey uh, uh, Pipkins uh, may be a guy that they have to, to use more. Um, it's not an ideal situation. And I wonder if, uh, you know, Demarius Randall, as much as we all, you know, I think there was a lot of dislike for him uh, earlier in the year. And uh, he's, he's really played well, really played well this past week. Um, uh, against Tampa Bay and, and maybe has been their most consistent corner, which is, I'm not sure that's saying a ton, but yeah, they're going to, they're going to count on him. They're going to count on Hawkins. They're going to count on these guys that we just haven't seen a ton. And, uh, it, it's not an ideal situation, especially with Josh Gordon having not played in what three years coming back and having over 80 yards in his first game back. So, um, yeah, they're going to have to pass for things, but it, it feels like it's been that way all the way back to last year. It feels like it's been that way almost every week. Uh, it feels like, yeah, you can actually say the last couple of years. But I guess one last follow-up to that, Zach, is I know easier said than done, but this is a game I feel defensively then where it's going to be won by putting pressure on Kaiser. And, um, you know, they've been uh, very hit or miss with their with their pressure packages. Uh, but I think really that's the only chance they're going to have to slow down. I, I, I can't believe I'm saying slow down is Cleveland Browns offense, but in this case that, that's probably apropos. Yeah, you know, Deshaun Kaiser – I don't know. I, it's so young still, obviously, but I, I'm not, so I'm not really sure what exactly, which one will show up. And I'm, all, I'm actually really interested to see what the weather's like. I think the way the weather's poor, that has to work in Green Bay's favor because they've been, you know, I, I, I shouldn't say this because they were, they gave up a bunch of yards last week. For the most part, though, they've been pretty good against the run uh, of late. And then, um, you know, if it's not a passing game, I think that's, that certainly works in Green Bay's favor this week. But uh, the pass rush, you know, we saw Clay Matthews get off a little bit this past week, and uh, Kenny Clark got to the quarterback twice. Um, interested to see where Nick Perry's at because he, he's a little dinged up going in as well. So their 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 defense is um, <laughs> beat up would probably not be the best described uh, descriptor for what they are, but um, they'll have to figure it out a way because as bad as their record is, Cleveland's record is got a lot of talent there, and um, they have been in a lot of close games. And the Packers need to find some way somehow get there and get a win you're here with zach heil prince sports director of uh you know, madison sports zone we got that and that's at 96.7 fm 1670 am and you know zach you know looking at the other side of the ball though you, you're looking at uh, cleveland's defense in terms of rushing you know led by joe Schobert, former wisconsin badger uh sixth and the sixth best against the run 96.9 yards per game uh, 16th against the pass, and what was you know Green Bay's done well recently. Obviously, you saw against Tampa Bay is run the ball and, and with with Williams, and then also Aaron you know with uh, you know, there's their stable running backs. Uh, what you know, do you think 
that was just more based off what Tampa Bay was giving them. Do you think they can, uh, obviously you want to help Hundley as much as possible, but they're going to have to pass the ball to, to have success. Do you, do you feel, I mean, obviously you mentioned weather too could be complicated there if the weather's not great, but I mean, they're going to have to pass the ball, right. To, to do something against this Cleveland defense. It was kind of funny. Jordy, uh, Jordy Nelson was asked about that yesterday in the locker room, and, and he's like, yeah, someone's like, you're going to have to throw for more than 84 yards to win a game. He goes, we didn't last week. You know, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it didn't have to do it last week. If Are we going to have to do it this week? I don't know. But I will say this about the running game. It feels like they've gotten more, some more continuity up front, and I know um, Mike McCarthy has talked about that, the continuity up front with the five guys where they've got guys starting week after week, and Jason Spriggs – According to McCarthy, he had his best game uh, of his career last week against Tampa Bay. Now he hasn't exactly played a ton of games in his career, but it was it was probably a really good start. And I think tackle is probably his best spot. They were moving him into guard and out the tackle and all over the place last year, and they kind of let him sit at that one spot. So now if you get help, you get that continuity, and you're working together. And to me, you know that's important in the passing game, but I think it's even more important in the running game. And with those two running backs, you know you have a look. A little bit of thunder and lightning, I think, is what some people have said. And then, you know, Jamal Williams got the thunder and the lightning of Aaron Jones. But it looked like a really nice one-two punch, uh, especially, you know, Jones only carried the ball once last week. But we saw what Jones could do earlier in the season. If those two guys are healthy and you're able to, you know, use them uh, in different ways, I think that certainly can help you. You would think that they have to pass for more than 84 yards to win on Sunday. But, look, they've he's, he's thrown under 100 yards twice already. One time they lost, the other time they won. I, I don't know what to expect from Bet Hundley on a week-to-week basis, though I will say it seems like he's better away from Lambeau Field. So uh, that may be in his in his uh, favor this week. You know, Zach, I, I was kind of thinking about uh, my thoughts about Ted Thompson. I've been a, a supporter going back to when I was covering the team, and I thought I liked the draft and develop style. I do think that when he lost some of his, his sergeants in the war room, Dorsey, McKenzie, Schneider, that his drafts haven't been as fruitful. You know, that being said, I think it's easy to, to criticize him for not drafting, you know, Watt, but they needed help in the secondary and he drafted a need. I think some people who hate Ted Thompson, he can do no right. You know, and I, I think he made the right choice in King, though King is hurt. I also think he did a great job drafting the, the two young, well, he drafted three, but two young running backs that are doing great. So, again, my overall take on Ted Thompson is I just think that his, his head is looking more towards, you know, life after football. I think he had a great run, and I think some people will never appreciate that. But I think this draft, I mean, King obviously being hurt, but the running backs were, were great finds. Yeah, my feeling on the Watt thing is, and you talked about them picking need. You don't, and this is that was a Ron Wolf thing. You don't pick need, and I'm guarantee you, Ted Thompson is always best player available. Well, as well, I don't know. Maybe they thought Kevin King was the best player available at that point, and, and maybe that you know they traded out obviously, and, and Watt wasn't there when they picked again. But it's very difficult, and, and we'll see how it plays out. But it's very difficult for me to, and maybe it's because I was so close to it, to pass on on, on T.J. Watt after what we saw him do in 2016 at Wisconsin. It was, I did I did not think that was the best choice. Um, and and again, it'll play out. And you know, everyone's going to be watching what Vince Beagle does and what Kevin King does. And maybe that's not fair to any to them or even to T.J. But right. that's kind of what it is. So I, I did not I did not agree with that decision. And I don't have no idea how it's going to play out long term, but. At least in the short term, it looks like um, Pittsburgh got the better end of end of things. But again, that's you know that's way down the road, and we'll figure that out going forward. But uh, in terms of his draft class overall, yeah, the running backs are are making an impact. Certainly, we've seen Josh Jones at times uh, make make an impact. 
I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm not sure how much longer Ted Thompson will be a part of that that, that organization, and and not because of his performance, but I just think he's getting up there in age, and I think right. that there's, right. you know, there's some things, yeah, there's some things that he's going through, you know, as you get older that that come along, and I don't, I don't necessarily think that he's long for there, and I don't know if John Dorsey would have been a. a would have been a candidate, probably would have been, obviously. But right. you know, Elliot Wolf and uh, Brian Gutenkunst, those are two in-house guys that I think probably would be willing to step up and, and go right away. Russ Ball, I think, is another guy. But uh, this is gonna—I think this is gonna happen quickly. Uh, people have been pushing for it, and I would not be surprised if it happens after this year, where uh, Ted Thompson is moving on and the Packers, you know, have go in a different direction in terms of their GM. And I—they're not gonna push him out. Like I don't think he's done—he's been here for too long. He's done too much, in my opinion. He's been right. too good, in my opinion, just to push him out. But I think there will be a little bit of a nudging. Yeah, and I, I think I think he'll walk. I think he part of him actually wants to walk away. I mean, I really believe that last year was going to be it. And you know, I, again, back to the last thing on the watch. King thing. I think Watson a better defensive system right now, and I think maybe some people in the front office just had PTSD watching that Atlanta tape from last uh, last year when they were down to their eighth string cornerback. Let me ask you this question about Aaron Rodgers. So the the, the timetable seems to be, and correct me if I'm wrong, that if the Packers win this game and they're still in a playoff hunt, Aaron Rodgers could play against Carolina. Um, I, I feel like that that could be a mistake, and I'll just tell you why. I, I feel like he could be a mistake. It could be a mistake because I still think you got to win 10 games in the NFC this year to make the postseason. And I don't know, even with Aaron Rodgers, that they could run the table. Minnesota has been really good and they're still going to be playing for perhaps home field advantage when that game comes around. Do you think it would be a mistake if the Packers win this game to let Rodgers play? Or do you think they should just let him heal? Well, I mean, he, that's the thing, and, and this was always, you know, all the way back to the beginning of when this was all announced. It didn't, it wasn't how good he looked throwing the ball in practice. It wasn't going to be anything about that. It was all going to be about where the bone is. You know, is it healed? Is the bone healed? If it's healed, then he can come back. If it's not healed, then he can't come back. And as opposed to four years ago, where they were, not not every week, they were testing it more and more. They were to, to see if it had fully healed. They have not. They have no one has any idea if it's healed or not. Like they haven't been doing scans on it. You know week to week to week because he's been on IR. There was just really no point to it. So to me, and everyone's getting excited about it. Everyone's jacked. They're expecting Aaron Rodgers to be back there, you know, practicing next, you know, if they somehow win this game on Sunday or if they do win the game on Sunday, getting there on Tuesday and Wednesday and Wednesday for that first practice, he's going to be out there and going to be ready to go and going to be the guy that uh, is leading them out. I'm not so sure about that. I have a feeling um, just based on kind of, you know, the, the, the vibe around everything that's going on in green Bay uh, that, I don't think he's going to be ready. I don't think um, I don't think that Bone's going to be healed, and so I don't think he's going to play. But even if I mean if he's cleared, you play him. And I know I, I guess I don't. We think about it differently than probably they do, right? I mean they they think about it as we still have a shot. Let's put our best foot forward. We look at it here and say, gosh, that defense is horrible. Uh, they can't stop anybody. <laughs> a, a good quarterback. That you know you, you look at all the horrible things about what the you know the the things that we don't like about the team and see. Yeah, there's no chance that they're going to make playoffs. There's no chance they're going to win a Super Bowl. So what's the point? Why are you going to put Rodgers back out there? That's not how they think, obviously. They think they can win every single game. And, you know, last year sort of kind of proved it. And, um, you know, with him practicing as much as he has, I think he's going to be less rusty than he was when he came off the bench. Uh, Not the bench, but when he started against Chicago in the finale a couple years, four years ago. I think it's a little bit different this time around. He's going to have that that rust kind of already off. But I just – 
I just don't think he's going to be cleared. And if he's not cleared, then we're all getting up in arms for nothing, and it won't mean anything. But if he's cleared, I think he should play, um, just simply because you're still you still do have a shot, even though we personally don't think that's going to go anywhere. And, and they may not be Minnesota, they may, may not be Carolina. Here is Zach Heilprin, sports director at 96.7 FM, 1670 The Zone here in Madison and the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Make sure you guys follow him at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, and then Heilprin, H-E-I-L-P-R-I-N on Twitter. Great stuff him in as usual. And, you know, one thing we forgot to pub too, Zach, uh, you have, uh, maybe we'll, we'll segue this way, uh, you have two great podcasts that you've had and I know uh, the camp with uh, Matt Bernstein I uh, had a great ch- I've listened to a bunch of those uh, always a fantastic podcast for football and then you have uh, the swing with Jesse Temple from land of 10 a uh, good friend as well and it's uh, how I guess uh, maybe we'll start talking about football uh, to begin with uh, just tough loss 27-21 in Indianapolis in the Big Ten championship game uh, against Ohio State uh, how would you, in your opinion, sum up the season? They're 12 and one heading. They're in another New Year's Six bowl. Obviously, they had a chance, and maybe that's what makes it hard for Wisconsin Badger fans to swallow uh, the fact that they were in, you know, that contention. A win would have put them essentially locked into the college football playoff uh, against probably number one Clemson on that matter. But how would you sum up the season to this point? Uh, now looking to Miami in that Capital One Orange Bowl. I kind of take the same view as Alex Hoiberg did after the game. And he was asked about, you know, how close it was and everything like that. And, you know, he said, uh, this has been a successful season, but it could have been more. And, you know, it, you know, we were right there and we could have been more successful than it was. And now they have to regroup and get ready because there's still a lot out there. I mean, they've never been to the Orange Bowl, obviously. They're going to be essentially going on the road to play uh, Miami in their home stadium. And they have a shot to get to 13 wins, something no team in this um, and this program has ever done. So still, those are things are still out there. I, I agree with him in the idea that you could have had more because you were right there. You were 43 yards away from winning the Big Ten title, winning, uh, going to the college football playoff, being able to shove it in everybody's faces that, that killed you being 12, you know, for being 12 and 0 in the schedule you played all year, could have shut them up. And you could have gone and, and made the, I don't know, not necessarily change the narrative, but make people think about the narrative of Wisconsin. It's not just this little nice story where they, you know, they win a bunch of games but aren't really anything. And you, then you go ahead and beat Ohio State and get to the, the, uh, the biggest stage the college football world has to offer. Those were all out there, and then and they didn't get it. So that has to be disappointing. But I think overall it's a successful season no matter what at this point, and it will be even more successful if they figure out a way to get by Miami on December 30th. So let, let me ask you this. I, it just to recap the game, and, I, you know, again, it was, it was heartbreaking. I feel like, you know – Sports fans in general, Wisconsin fans especially, like to oversimplify and scapegoat people. Now, look, Hornerbrook wasn't great. He was really bad on screen passes. He underthrew a lot of his receivers. But is it too simplistic to say the Badgers lost to Ohio State because Alex Hornerbrook wasn't good? Yeah, certainly, um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he wasn't the one. He, I mean, he wasn't the one that was giving up. 274 yards in four plays, you know, with the defense. He, that was not him. That, that yeah. was a defense that had stopped everybody all year and all of a sudden, you know, couldn't stop Ohio State. Um, he was not the one that couldn't run the ball. You know, that was the offensive line. That was Jonathan Taylor. That was them unable to, to move what is a very, very good front seven for Ohio State. They weren't able to do it. There was so much more to this game than just what Alex did. And no matter what, and this is, I mean, this is not new. I'm not 
Tony, saying anything that people don't already know, but the quarterback always gets more credit and more blame either way. If it's good, he gets more credit than probably he deserves, and if it's bad, he gets more blame for it. But Alan Schornberg, they're not going to win a lot of games with him for throwing 40 passes. That's just not going to happen. That was the first time that a single quarterback for Wisconsin has thrown that many passes since Joel Stabby did back in 2015 against Nebraska. Like, those are not – that's not Wisconsin football. And yet they were forced to play something outside of Wisconsin football because they got down 21-7, to and they were unable to get the running game going and all that stuff. So I don't necessarily sit here and uh, – you can't point the finger at Alex Harbeck and say, you're the reason they couldn't get it done. You're the reason that Wisconsin's not in the college football playoffs. That's, that's, that's unfair, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's not right. There's just way too much – there's way more in it than just one guy, and uh, while he does have his ball, he does have his hands on the ball every single play there on offense. It's not simply him that makes things go or not. Yeah, and I mean another I think another key point you mentioned like the 271 yards out of the 449 total that Ohio State had. I mean a lot of it they're talking. You know, some people have talked about oh well Wisconsin looks slower, uh, and it showed in those plays. Now you know that the the first touchdown on that 84 yard pass from J T Barrett. That I mean, that showed a bad mismatch against Joe Ferguson, who's not going to be, you know, he's not going to win a, a gold medal in the hundred meter dash, to say the least. But it, it's a, it, would you say? I mean, those big plays, those came more with, you know, missed tackles, right? You know, you, you saw Nacho Jamerson yeah. and Nick Nelson miss on Paris Campbell's fifty uh, some odd yard uh, pass reception for it that he took off a bubble screen for a touchdown. And and Dobbins, you know, she he was there for uh, you know for a tackle but missed and, and it was a bad seemed like a bad run fit where no one was behind him and he gallops, you know, not gallops but bursts seventy seven yards. Yeah, some people have tried to make that that talk that the speed of Ohio State made it happen and uh, you know, showed against Wisconsin. But I, I don't know if I buy the narrative narrative because you talked to Ryan Conley after the game uh, and even TJ Edwards, and they were saying, you know, this guy has made some uncharacteristic plays for the first time really all year, or or maybe it showed against a, an opponent that you couldn't make those mistakes. Yeah, I mean, look, they have made those tackles all year, and I'll I'll put anybody up against the Trill Jamerson in a race. I don't care who it is. I'll put him up against anybody who <laughs> can fly. There's, you know what I mean? Like he changed Dobbins down. Uh, to, to tackle him with the one, and obviously they scored the next time. But let's be fair about it. He he, they got plenty of athletes on this defense, and I don't think it was necessarily uh, the speed that that cost him. Now, is Ohio State better in, in space than probably any team that Wisconsin faced this year? Yeah, definitely. Those guys are those guys are fantastic. You know what I mean? But Charles Jamerson needs to make that tackle on the on the bubble. Uh, Sheehy needs to make that tackle. Those are tackles that they made all year. And they didn't get it done. Joe Ferguson, I, I have no idea why people weren't doing that all year, uh, trying that all year. Yeah. Because I thought that that was, you know, I'm just shocked that more teams didn't try to take shots down the field. Ohio State did, and they were successful throughout this year. Like, nope. And maybe they had a little bit to do with the fact that Wisconsin was able to get after the passer so well that they didn't think they could hold up. But, you know, I was. I was very surprised that more teams didn't try and take shots down the field because I didn't think, you know, uh, Joe Ferguson would be great. Uh, when he has to play man to man to man, and that that proved out to be the case. Um, so, but no speed, I don't think had a ton to do with it. Those are great athletes, but Wisconsin was in position to make plays, and they didn't get it done. Yeah, no, I agree with that completely on that. You know, but you know, looking ahead now, uh, you know, you look coming up December thirtieth. You know, in Miami, Hard Rock Stadium, it's number ten, Miami. Uh, this is a team too that was undefeated up until. They're, they're the upset loss against Pitt, and then they get blown out by Clemson, and only late in the game do they get a field goal uh, to avoid a shutout. But 
Uh, is, even though with you know the, the offense is missing some key components, uh, you know with uh, I think their wide one of their wide receivers out for the year, along with uh, just some other playmakers there. That defense, you know, best in, in the nation against turn in turnover margin, fourth overall in turnovers, uh, takeaways like about 29, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, just what do you use, you know, just as a kind of an early glance? I know we maybe we have we all haven't had a chance to really dive deep into Miami, but I mean, what are some early keys that you, you feel? Is it more just Wisconsin, uh, in your opinion, just not shooting itself in the foot with the turnovers with an interception or, or Jonathan Taylor fumble? Uh, and, and what do you see uh, Wisconsin, you know, trying to obviously accomplish, which is a win, but what do you think they try to do against the Hurricanes? Yeah, it was, it was talking to uh, to Matt Bernstein, who I've, you mentioned with the podcast, and we also talked to Anthony Davis, former running back as well, and they're on this group chat during games where they have a whole bunch of former players. Now this group chat, and they were, I, I guess, upset. Maybe the the, like the the PG word I could use for uh, them during the game. They thought Wisconsin got away from who they were. They thought that they, you know, tried to play, um, tried to play against Ohio State's strengths as opposed to just playing their brand of football uh, with the screens and everything like that. That was something Wisconsin really hadn't done much. They've done some this year, but not nearly as much as they ended up doing in that game. And they got away from trying to run the ball, and, and they were just they were really upset about it. So I imagine uh, everyone will be thinking and looking to see if Wisconsin goes back to what got them to 12 and 0. And now oh, Miami very well may impact that. They'll get down 21 to 7, and all of a sudden we'll see Alex Hornberg have to throw the ball as much. But the thing I'm most interested to see, and I, I mentioned it the other day on Twitter, and that is Jonathan Taylor being healthy. No one's healthy at this point in the season, right? I mean, no one, right. especially when you carry the ball as much as he did all year and he's a freshman, no one's healthy. But I didn't, I did not think he had the same burst and the same breaking tackle ability after the ankle injury that he suffered against Illinois that he did before that game. And now the competition certainly picked up. But there was a play on that final drive on Saturday night that he got a, a screen pass and it was one on one. And he had, before the injury, he had not been tackled one on one, it felt like pretty much all year. And they got him down. And what could have been a huge, huge play uh, deep into Ohio State territory turns into a three, uh, I think it was like a three-yard game, maybe less than that. Um, though I'm interested to see what he's got when he's healthy. Because I think uh, he's a very, I think he's a special back. And I don't necessarily think we saw that down the stretch. Uh, and I, I, me personally, believe he was not 100%. He was dinged up, um, just like most people are. But give these three weeks off and let's see what he's got. So last question for you, Zach, then obviously you mentioned, you know, the chance for Taylor to heal and you're around the team. And I know Jake are, have been around the Badgers a lot more than, than obviously I have. But I think the makeup of this team and the way Chris gets his team ready, I, I feel like even this loss uh, and, and obviously having four weeks to recover mentally as well. But I just think the way he prepares his team, I don't think the loss to Ohio State is going to hang over their heads. You've seen it before in the past with other teams where they lose a game at the end of the regular season and they just kind of go out there in a bowl game and go through the motions. I, but I don't think that's something that, that that's a, a risk of happening here under a Paul Chris led team. No, and they did it last year too. I think the way in which they lost the game against Penn State, now the stakes were not as high as they were this year in terms of what could have happened if they won that game. But the way that they lost it, blowing a 28-7 to lead, if, and, and you could have, you, I don't know, you couldn't have blamed them if they were unable to get over that and get ready, have to be ready for the Cotton Bowl against the Western Michigan team. Like that, that, there's very little, I guess, incentive in my mind. Like, how could you get over that and get ready for a, you know, group of five team and it's a Cotton Bowl and you know all that stuff? But they were able to do it. and They played pretty well against 
you know, Western Michigan. They were ready for them. I imagine that they're going to be the same. And this is even more so because they got so many, like last year they had a bunch of juniors that knew they were going to be coming back and playing uh, another year. This time they get, uh, you know, very senior laden, especially on defense that I can't imagine them not going out there and putting together a really, really good performance. And Chris certainly is part of that. He tries not to teach or treat one thing over another, uh, treat one game different than, than any other. Uh, that, that calming influence, I think, never get too high, never get too low, all those cliches, but it really works with Paul Chris. So I, I, I'm very, I'd be very surprised if, if they don't show up and, and play hard and play well and, you know, try and get what was a disappointing loss out of the mind. I, I, I feel like they will. I, I think they're going to show up, and I think that's going to be a good game. And, I, you know, early on, I, I think Wisconsin will, will win. But, um, yeah, it's, I don't think they're going to have a huge issue getting over that and getting fo- refocused on what's a, what is the top ten Miami team. This isn't Western Michigan. This is Miami. This is a, a brand name. So I think they'll get over it. And they'll get ready for the Orange Bowl and, and uh, you know, give it all they got, and, and we'll see what happens. Zach, before we let you go, uh, real quick for basketball sauce, uh, uh, obviously, Marquette coming up tough loss last night against Temple, where they didn't score a point in the last 327 of the game. Uh, obviously, looking for someone to compliment Ethan Happ consistently. Uh, did, didn't I, did I see some tweets that the guard situation isn't necessarily uh, the health isn't there? Obviously, Brad Davison with the shoulder uh, acting up a little bit, or just uh, obviously not right uh, for, for most of the season already. Uh, but uh, you know, what is this hold for this Badger team going up against the Marquette team on Saturday? I mean, they need a win. <laughs> I guess that's that's maybe obvious, uh, way too obvious. But look, they're they're not that far away from having only one loss this year. The only the only team that they the only game they haven't been in was the uh, obviously the Ohio State game last Saturday, and uh, that was that was painful. But every other game they've been in, they had. I mean, they were right there and either had a lead or with were within uh, a couple points of the lead against uh, Baylor, against Xavier, against uh, UCLA. They had a lead against UCLA. Had lead against. Um, against Temple the other night. So they're they're right there. And I thought it was interesting Greg Gard said after the game on uh on Wednesday night that, you know, we're not a mile away. We're and I have to I keep on telling guys that we're not a mile away. We're right we're right there. And they just have to figure out a way to close games out. And I think Ethan Happ kinda of talked about it today. He said, you know, when I was a freshman I was always looking to um, Nigel Hayes and, and Bronson Koenig, you know, in the, down the stretch. I didn't really want the ball in my hands. And he, right now he's got about four, other, <laughs> four, not, four uh, freshmen, essentially, or, you know, four young kids looking at him, like saying, uh, yeah, I don't want the ball here. How about you take it kind of thing? And, and that may take a little bit to get over. And that may take a little bit to get going. Cause he said it didn't, for him, it didn't click until the NCAA tournament that year when they had played, when they played Pittsburgh. And, you know, he wanted the ball in his hands. He wanted to be in a spot to help them win. And I think, you know, these freshmen are a little bit further along than maybe most most are, but um, right now that's the key. They don't they don't have anybody that outside of him that wants the ball in their hands down the stretch and wants to make big plays and wants to be the, the guy. Like I don't think they're comfortable yet. I think Kobe King and Brad Davison can be those guys, but right now they don't they just don't have it. So um, that that needs to get figured out pretty quickly because the the losses are starting to pile up and when you don't have a great non-conference schedule in terms of wins, they played a lot of really good teams, but they haven't beaten any really good teams that that's going to hurt you come March. And um, I know it's a little bit early to be talking about that. Even have said as much today, but you know, you're, you're a third of the way into the season here and you need to start figuring out and you need to close some games out. And that starts on Saturday against the Marquette team that has also been up and down this year. Zach, as always, it's great talking with you, my friend. Uh, hopefully see you down at the Cole center this weekend. And, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll have you back on the show coming up soon. 
All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Guys, Zach Heilprin, sports director of uh, 96.7 FM, uh, one was it 1670 AM, the zone here in Madison, the Wisconsin sports zone network. And uh, thanks for having him on. And, you know, it's one thing, you know, uh, Zach is uh, off the line now, but uh, you know, the one thing we had mentioned in there, Jim Polzine from Wisconsin state journal said, you know, Demetric Trice was held out uh, sophomore guard with what appeared to be a foot injury. And this is from Jim Polzine's tweet earlier, about two hours ago, Brad Davison, uh, left after re-injuring his shoulder. I'll tell you, trainers, it's not out, which I'm guessing it's saying his shoulder was not popped out. Uh, but then Kobe King is sick uh, and, and not there too. So uh, it seems like the guard situation in Wisconsin is is uh, not great. And let me just, you know, it could lead into uh opportune situation for Marquette to, to hang up some points uh, on the Badgers. But, you know, it's a quote-unquote rivalry game. We'll see how it goes, Scotty. Well, it's yeah, – it's well. Yeah, some rivalry game. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll be interested to uh, to see that. I, I, again, I think Wisconsin is just going to have a long season, regardless of how close things have been. And you know, hopefully that turns into something good on the back end of it next year, as these you know players get a little bit older, um, get some good experience. So you know, I think. Uh, you know, when we get together again, hopefully by the time we meet again, there'll be some movement in, in the free agent market for the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll start previewing that uh, Orange Bowl game a little bit harder, and we'll see if Aaron Rodgers is back and what that means for the Green Bay Packers. Absolutely. There's that. We'll talk probably some basketball, some Badgers, some Marquette, some Bucks. We need to get Eric Name back on yeah, the show ASAP. Nice. Uh, obviously, they had a great win last yesterday against the Pistons. Uh, we'll see how Eric Bledsoe's melded with the Bucks squad, what we can see potentially with Jabari Parkey coming back down the road, uh, along with just what this team uh, can do uh, in the Eastern Conference. So, But, Scott, anything else, brother, before we take it home? No, I think that uh, that pretty much covers it, and uh, hopefully everything continues to go well. If you have a great weekend, uh, give my regards to uh, to uh, Eli and his birthday, and you know, can't believe how quickly time flies. So yeah, no, thanks, Matt. Thanks, brother. Yeah, our oldest Elijah turned six today, uh, and uh, just a great kid, uh, spunky, spirited. As, as parenting book said. Uh, love him to death. Ama- amazing boy, big heart, warm spirit. And, uh, yeah, our twins turned three uh, on the second of this month. So uh, busy month. And then the biggest boy, uh, the biggest child of the family, myself, will be 34 uh, on the 22nd. So uh, lots lots of birthdays, lots of budget busting uh, on in December, but wouldn't have it any other way. And, uh, you know, from there, you know, next week we'll talk some pack. Like I said, we'll, we'll break down more more sports uh see what goes down in the world of wisconsin uh football and basketball as well and uh big thanks again to zach heilprin sports director of 96.7 fm 1670 am the zone here in madison uh, and the wisconsin sports Zone network for coming on to talk and uh we'll catch you guys next week here on the kielbasa king sports extravaganza